There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Queer Eye star Karamo joins the 36th annual 17th Street High Heel Race near DuPont Circle in Washington, D.C. today at 6 p.m. He joined me to preview the event as well as dish on his Queer Eye co-stars and share what it was like dancing with Taylor Swift at the L.A. premiere of her Eras Tour concert film. Hey, Jason, what a great voice. Well, that's why you're on radio. Um... <laughs> Hey, thanks. Well, uh, you would know. I mean, you, you've got a great voice for the show Queer Eye. Everyone loves it on Netflix. And of course, we got to tell everyone you have your national uh, talk show um, on DCW 50 weekdays at 3 p.m. distributed yes. by NBC Universal. So lots of places to to see your stuff. Um, but let's tell everyone why, why we're talking, because you're in town for the 36th annual 17th Street High Heel Race. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, gonna... supposed to be, it's supposed to be a lot of fun. I've um, seen videos of it several times from friends who live in DC and I've always wanted to participate. So to be there this year is pretty exciting because just to interact with people while also raising money for a great cause and bringing attention with, I think it's just amazing. Absolutely. And we should tell everyone it goes down uh, on Tuesday um, at 17th Street and Church Street, Northwest D.C. It's it's near du- between DuPont Circle and Logan Circle, closer to DuPont, I think. Uh, but yes, it's an annual tradition. You said and you just said I want to make sure you said this is your first time not doing not only doing this one in D.C., but doing a high heel race ever. You've never done it ever, before. ever. I almost did one in um, in New Orleans when we were there shooting Queer Eye. It was around the same time, but I had to shoot one of my scenes. And so um, I I missed it and I was so upset. But, you know, this will be fun. But that's even cooler for DC folks because we are yeah. going to witness you try to do this for the first time. <laughs> now, do you know uh, Do you know what, what type of heels or make, model, what color that you will be wearing? I do not know what type of heel. I've only been in heel once, which is on um, that show that... Um, Chrissy Teigen and LL Cool had Lip Sync Battle. Mm-hmm. I think that was the call of the name of it. Um, I, I did a number with Jonathan Van Ness where he was Gaga and I was Beyonce. It was my only time in Hills. And um, so I'm actually going to be calling them for advice of what model type heel I should wear. Um, I'm thinking something with a chunky, a chunky heel would probably be best. Just because I'm like, a stiletto would probably break on you. A kitten heel probably didn't give you what you need. I feel like a good girthy, like, you know, chunky heel would work. So Yeah, a, a, a chunky heel will maybe help balance a little bit. But I mean, it can uh, help to balance all of that. Now, no matter what you pick, though, all the planning in the world, you know, you can try to balance and stay upright as much as possible. But are you is there any part of you worried? It's going to be tricky running anyway, especially, you know, on pavement. Not a single part of me. 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 
So even if I, you face plant and, and just bite it, you're going to just dust yourself off and get up and keep going. I played football all through high school. So like face planting it and falling down is I also ran hurdles. I'm used to like face planting it and falling down. But like I try to teach everybody on Queer Eye, it's a journey. If you fall, doesn't mean that you fail. You get yourself back up and you keep going. Absolutely. And I love that. Yeah. And so, and you did hurdles. So, you know, if, if uh, yeah. Aaron, you know, trash can or what fire hydrant pops in the way, you can hop it. You're going to be all right. Now, wait a minute. Now, you say a lot of folks might not re- I mean, uh, know you played high school football. Um, yeah. You've seen your own queer eye, but maybe didn't, they didn't, you know, look in your background or whatever. So, uh, A, where did you grow up? I mean, I know, but tell our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> and and what, what position were you? Um, I grew up in, so my high school, unfortunately, is kind of famous. In um, February of 2017, on Valentine's Day, um, there was a school shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. It's the one that sort of started like MSC Strong and where those kids came together and said, you know, we're going to fight for gun legislation. So that was my high school um, in Parkland, Florida. And um, I played wide receiver and was very fast and have amazing hands. Wide receiver. That's great. Yeah. And, and you also, um, and I, I believe, uh, remind me, d- you came out at, in high school, right? 15. Yeah. So I started letting, I don't use the term coming out. It's something that I'm trying uh, very feverently to destroy that term. Um, I think it's an antiquated term. Um, Tell us what we personally. should say instead. Uh, well, the term is that I think people should use is when you let people in, because that's the actual act. I think uh, coming out gives other people the power to feel like they can deny or accept you when actually the power comes from you letting people in and saying, you know what, I trust you and I love you enough to be in my circle. I think that's just a human trait. We do it whether you're straight, gay, whatever identities or intersections of your identities. You let people in when you know that they are loving and can trust you. And it doesn't make you ashamed if you don't want to let somebody in. It lets you makes you aware that some people aren't worthy enough to be in your life. And so I love that. And that right there, my friend, is exactly why you're so good on the show, because you, it's it's like, you know, shifting people's mindsets, uh, you know what I mean, from the inside out and, and the way you look at things like that. It's incredible. I appreciate that. Yeah. But I started letting people into my life when I was 15 regarding my sexuality. And, you know, there's always ups and downs. But at the end of the day, like, there are always going to be people who will love you and there will always be people who don't want to support you. And at the end of the day, it's about focusing more on those who love you and, and, and finding your community. And um, I've been blessed to always be able to find my community and find people who love me, whether they were part of the LGBT community or not. I love, I absolutely love that. All right, folks, from this moment forward, we will no longer say the phrase coming out. We want when I let you in, letting you in. I, I'm uh, telling yeah. you that shift in language will do a lot for your self-esteem and mental health. Words, we don't realize how language really changes stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Words matter because yeah. it's the way it's the way that you think of the phrase itself and what all it entails. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I I definitely have some queer eye questions to get to, but before that, you know, I guess to continue your chronological journey as much as possible. Uh, you know, from- <laughs> High school football. Did you ever ever have any designs on wanting to play college ball, or did or did you know you wanted to go? To, I know you got to MTV. What is it? Real World Philly. Yeah, know? real. No, real did you world always, always wanted to do yeah. TV instead of of keep the ball and going. Um, no, I actually didn't want to play sports. I, I just so when I hit fifteen, I shot up to six two, six three, and shot up to two hundred eighteen pounds. Like so, the height and size I am now, I shot up to at fifteen. Had a full beard. Oh, that wow. it was like I had no choice but to play sports, but I hated <laughs> it. I much 
the thing that I love to do that I also did in high school was I was a peer counselor and I got out of class to sort of help people. And it was because I was so nosy. I wanted to know everyone's business. So like getting out of class to be a peer counselor was the way to do it. And then and then also I realized I like helping people and that's what I wanted to do. But, you know, sort of genetics kind of informed me doing something else in high school. But it was fun. You know, I'm glad I did it. Absolutely. So then fill in the gap. I mean, and, and you can do the the abbreviated version if possible. Yeah. How do you make your way from that to, to MTV? Did you did you have to move move out west or how did you how did you pull it off? No, I, I finished college and I was like, oh, my gosh, this show is dope. They get kids drunk and you party all day. I didn't <laughs> even realize that there was that deeper aspect because watching it, I was only looking at the surface stuff. And um, I went out there and and really what got me on the show was me being just open about who I am and letting them in and and me becoming that first openly gay African-American person, male on reality television. And it was just because I went there and I was like, this is me. I'm not hiding. I'm not ashamed. And they were like, they cast me within three weeks. And um, and then I got there and I was like, oh, I got to dive deep into my daddy issues. OK, great. It's not just getting drunk and partying. Oh, Oh my gosh. Okay. But it was a great time. I wouldn't change it for the world. You're like, this is getting real. I didn't know. Yeah, I think that's what they titled it that way. And I didn't pay attention to that. Uh, hey, you, you should have read the title closer. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. And then, uh, and then how does Queer Eye come about? Cause I know, I guess, gosh, in between people had seen you pop up all over the place, like Dr. Drew and Young Turks and Access Hollywood. And I guess other MTV shows, like, are you the one, all that stuff. Uh, but then when, when do you get the audition for Queer? Is that, is that something you have to audition for? Or did they reach to you and say, Hey, we think you're perfect for this. Yeah, I actually, it came 10 years later um, because I actually didn't do any TV. Those things that you mentioned actually came because of Queer Eye. Oh, and, okay, okay. Um, yeah, so I didn't do any TV. I just was like really trying to. Um, I was a social worker and I was raising my kids. During that time, I found out I was a father to a son I didn't know anything about. I had sex with one girl when I was 15 and she moved away and didn't tell me about my son until he was 10 years old. So I was actually just living as a single father trying to raise my son. I adopted his other brother. So I was raising two kids. Um, and I was just trying to figure out how to be a dad. But my dream was always to be on television again. Um, and I was watching Watch What Happens Live one night with Andy Cohen, and they were talking about the fact that Queer Eye was coming back, and I was like, I'm gay, this is my shot, and um, I figured out how to get in, and um, everybody else in my, my category was talking about the arts, because it's culture, so they were talking about Broadway and and paintings, and I was like, well, I don't, I can't do any of that, but I'm great at, I'm a mental health expert, so let's let's dive into feelings and because of the fact that i stayed true to me and didn't try to change um i shined and being different from everyone else and got it and then all of a sudden the category came about let's talk about feelings versus this let's talk about art i love it and that's why i mean my wife will and all the other hosts are great but my wife always says whenever we watch it that you you um you're the most important one in her eyes because Aww. a lot of the others are, you know, maybe on the exterior, but you do the work within that all of us need to keep doing every day. I have to tell you something. I already loved you, but now I love your wife even more. No, I'm just like <laughs> Her name is Ashley, if you want to shout her. Hey, Ashley, what's going on? I love her. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say you're her favorite because we love everybody, but she's no, no. the internal work is the important. Yeah, um, no, you know, I, I, I really say this. One of the things I love about that show, and even with me doing other things in my career, the five of us were always like, no matter what goes on our career, we'll always come back to this platform as long as they'll have us because we do understand that what each of us do is critical 
and helping somebody to really realize their full self. And every time we do it, we are so thankful that people received us, that that we were able to, you know, show people and guide them in a way. It, it's a really humbling experience. And I wish that I could be um, cocky or something, but like, I'm just so thankful that, you know, like God gave me this opportunity and I was able to like spend some part of my life just helping people. Um, it feels really nice. And so we, even though, you know, you said that, I appreciate that because I know my benefit, but I also know the four of us, you know, we're like, we're like um, Captain Planet. It's like the five of us combined, you know, like you need all five. If you don't have all five, then you don't have it. And so with your powers combined, we are combined. Five. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I love it. Well, um, I know, I know we sort of have, you know, a l somewhat limited time for the interview, so we don't have to, you don't have to go, you know, deep into all of these, but maybe even just rapid fire one sentence about, I want to get at least one line on each, each of the, each of the five, five, you know, like, sure. uh, I'll throw Hold out. On. So, so Jonathan, on the video? Uh, tell us about Jonathan. What, what's great about John? Well, I'm turning on my video. We're on zoom for anyone listening. So I want to see, um, Jonathan courageous, intelligent, and fabulous. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I just turned you have camera. great skin, Jason. I turned my camera on as well. Thank you very much. You have phenomenal skin. Thank you. All yeah. right. So that's Jonathan. All right. How about Bobby Burke? Uh the interior design, that kind of thing. What what makes Bobby great? Um, super creative, um, super down to earth, and also um hmm, super loving. Oh, all right. That's always good to hear. All right. How about, and make sure I say it right. Is it Anthony? Horowski? Anthony, yes. Yes. The um, food and wine expert. What do we know? What about him behind the scenes? Um, Super hilarious. Um, He has sort of like a very sweet dad joke. Super vulnerable um, and super motivated, Um, which is really beautiful. All right. And then last but not least, Tan France, a fashion uh, expert, the clothing. Uh, why, why is that, you know, Tan, uh, you know. It's ironic because the word that I would use to describe Tan France is like the stitch, the thing that holds everything together. He is the person in the five of us that holds us together, is the confidant for all of us. Most people think it'd probably be me, but it's not. It's it's Tanny. Um, he is the stitch. He is also he's also um, a leader. Um, and he's also very fierce. Those would be the words I'd use for him. And what would they, what would they say about you? If you weren't, you know, if you weren't here and they were talking about you, you know, what would they say your part in it? Um, they would say I'm super grounded. Um, I probably, they would probably say that I'm also, um, a lot of fun because I'm the one that likes to have a good time and party a little bit more than everyone else. Um, and they'd probably also say, um, a bit of a narcolep because I sleep all the time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Um, now, do you have a, I mean, I have a couple of memorable shows in my mind rattling around in my brain, but how about you? Like, do you have a particular one? I mean, they're always such feel good episodes, but do you have a particular person that you were like watching that transformation just warmed your soul? I got to tell you from this last season that we just had that just came on, um, we did a frat house and being with the frat house, 
totally was one of the most memorable feelings because for me especially I had to sit down with, you know, seven guys and figure out how to do what I usually do one on one with seven guys. I know how to do it already because I did group, you know, group sessions before when I was in my prior career. Right. But um it was amazing to see these young men at the this critical point in their life where they're learning what it is to be a man, where they're learning and understanding what it is to to be better partners. Um, for me to get them and for them to have one of the most cathartic and emotional moments I've ever seen on television, it was pretty beautiful. Absolutely. Well, I know this new, you know, it, well, the show has been around forever, but the new Queer Eye, you know, the rebrand, reboot, boot, whatever yeah. you call it, your version, uh, it just started in 2018, but I think you're up to like seven seasons the way they divide it up, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, any, what's the plan going forward? Is there going to be, I assume it's going to keep going. And that's the hope. I mean, um, we shot seven and eight at the same time. Um, but we're only contracted up till eight with Netflix. So at this point, it's up to Netflix if they, you know, you know, after eight comes out, you know, if people support us and want to see us. We all want to come back. We love the show. Um, we think it's probably one of the best shows we've ever been a part of. And like I said earlier, no matter like me with my talk show being in season two, um, you know, Jonathan is on a worldwide comedy tour. Um, Tan has next in fashion. Bobby has this huge real estate empire he's building. We all always come back to wanting to do this. And so hopefully we'll do many, many more seasons. Absolutely. But it's not up to us. As we've seen right now with the Hollywood strike is never up to us, you know? Right, right, but yeah, but is yours? Is it a little different with reality though? Because I know, like, you well, you were in Dancing with the Stars, like, you know what I mean, yeah. like, uh, and and real world, like we said, it, yeah. don't usually reality shows pick up a lot when the when the scripted series are out, or is Queer Eye more? You were also sidelined. Yeah, it's weird because we're still part of the SAG actra right. um, thing. We're not like most reality shows that are not, okay. and it's because the way our reality show is, we're not, um, you know, five strangers, and there's sort of a structure. We're structured reality, gotcha. and so structured reality has sort of a different um, sort of way. So we're all in, you know, in the unions. We're kind of a, a certain way. Okay, well, this is like uh, a bad girls club or something. You know? Our radio station is also set. We're SAG after, uh, you know, um, yeah, so. siblings here. Yeah, here, you know. All right, well, hopefully they can get it all, you know, resolved and you know, stand in solidarity Amen. and all of that with our SAG after brothers and sisters. Exactly. Um, awesome. Well, you just sparked something before we run. You, you were talking about how all of you, you know, have use the the queer eye popularity to spin off and do other things but you always come back and um we got to remind everyone weren't you in taylor, taylor swift dominating the box office with her eras tour but weren't you in her video for you need to calm down yeah we were uh, we were all in the video for calm down i actually was at the premiere with her so we were i was there in the la premiere um which she's so gracious and so beautiful and so kind you mean um, of the music video or the new movie? You mean the new movie? You were that? You were at the premiere? Oh, all right. Yeah, cool. at the premiere, and you're like, Dancing she sat, in the she styles sat, with Taylor, her. Taylor sat right in front of me, so I'm like the row, and she sat right in front of me. Um, she's one of just the kindest and most honest people I've ever met in my life. And if I had a daughter, I'd want my daughter to be Taylor Swift. And I and I mean that in the sense of not the just the talent, but in a, a, a genuine human being who has never shown anything but honesty and kindness. And I, I talking to her off of, you know, screen, you, I meet a lot of celebrities and you're like, oh girl, you're nothing like you portray to be. And she's always the genuine person she is day or night. That's so great to hear. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you, and you never know between, you know, but- You never know. You you, you interview people all the time. You, you know, all you the get them, assholes and then you're like, right. damn. 
And then every now and then you get a Karamo who's just awesome chilling in the kitchen oh, and, and making an awesome conversation. <laughs> yes. But wait a minute. I have to ask now because, you know, it's all the talk. Uh, this yeah. is the Taylor Swift movie. It's dominating the box office. Um, yeah. What song did she block your view the most? Like, which one got her up dancing? And you're like, I can't see. Tay Tay, move out of the. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She, she was jamming the whole too. time because she was sitting next to her back background singers yeah. um, who are all so phenomenal. Um, and some of her musicians. She was standing up the entire, it's funny because it was, I was standing up. Um, yeah. It was like, oh my gosh. I mean, there's not a song that she wasn't standing on. Yeah. I, I wish I could like, my mind is blanking right now. She was standing on every song and so was everyone in the audience. It, the every song time. came on, it felt like you were back in the concert. And I went to the concert in LA. So it felt like I was transported back. Oh, that's, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah, man. And, and, and like, and like yourself and, and Taylor, uh, you, you know, you all you use your platform to to speak out on issues. I know, uh, you know, obviously, you know, queer eyes say no more, but and 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 letting people in is the new phrase we're saying. <laughs> but but other issues too. But you I mean you mentioned you know Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland. Uh, I guess you've been an advocate for you know gun common sense gun legislation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm I'm all about just saying you can have and you what you desire if you want a gun owner you can be one it's not something that i want to be but for me it's like at the end of the day as americans we should all just be able to agree that no kid should be getting shot and that's the yeah. that's the craziest part to me that gets me in this political war and anything that goes around the country around the world like i don't understand when we got to a place as human beings that we just feel like it's okay for any one of our children to die and that's just the yeah. saddest part to me because what I legislated for um, was common sense gun legislation, which is like, hey, you just have to have a certain background check. I mean, when I tried to get my license, I had to get a permit. I had to get a license. I had to take a test. I had to do all these things before I could just walk in somewhere and buy a car. Right. But for some reason, when it comes to a gun that can kill you just as much as a car could kill you or even worse, you know, people are like, oh, no, let's let's be loosey goosey. And I'm like, hey, let's just be responsible about this. And that's the only point I've always made about this. I don't care what political side of the politics you fall on. We should all just want to protect our kids. And until we get that in our thick heads as human beings, as Americans, we're going to continue to see these things. And I tell you, the day that happened in my high school, my kids were on their way to school and I would not let them go to school for a week because it felt too palpable for me because it was like I was watching my kids watching my high school kids out of my high school so it brought me back mm. and I just wouldn't I never want another parent to feel that way oh and I can't I just can't imagine gosh I mean you being at a school like that it's like if you went to Columbine or 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 you know Sandy Hook uh, God, yeah God it's just it's so heartbreaking there, there's so many examples we can't you know I, I would start crying if we start listening to all of them exactly which is the crazy part again as parents it's like just yeah. let's do this for our kids. That's it. That's it. Well, speaking you know? of protecting your kids, let's end on a positive note where it's not sure. down. That's such a sobering topic. But you mentioned, so you mentioned you adopted your biological son, but also had the big heart to adopt his, uh, his brother, you said? Yeah. So I have, my biological son was 10 when I met him. Um, and um, I, his mother had four other kids. And so I just said, hey, since I missed these 10 years, wow. can I take custody? She supported me in that. And he moved in with me when he was 10 and a half going on 11. And then a year and a half later, um, his younger brother was going through something with the, you know, the city and his behavior. And because I worked in social services, I was temporary placement that turned from six months to he's 21 now. And so, you know, so I became a father of two overnight and I love fatherhood. I mean, 
Um, I'm with a new guy and I always am like, if he wanted kids, I'd be down. But, you know, um, but I'm I'm so thankful. It's it's the most meaningful thing that I've ever done outside of helping people through my career. Well, they're going to be lucky having you as a dad because you've helped. Oh, they don't think so. I'm strict as hell. They don't think so. They well, don't. At least on so. the, doing the inner work like you do on all these people. Oh, what yeah. The it? inner work we do a lot of. Inner but imagine work. your dad. Imagine being queer eye daily. They're like, Dad, I don't. I'm going to my room. I'm going out. They're like, I don't want a conversation. So yeah. So there's a reason there's a certain number of episodes because you can't live it daily. Exactly. <laughs> you gotta live it daily. You know what I mean? Oh. So they're like, Dad, I'm oh. done. Whether it's your kids, or this is how we'll wrap it up. Whether it's raising the kids and doing the inner work on them, or the inner work on the folks on the show, like what is like a takeaway that our listeners might that might be listening to this? What is like the most common thing or inner work thing that could apply to anyone, no matter what mental health thing they're going through or stress, whatever anxiety? Like, what is a common thing that could give us all peace and something to work? I say on two inside? things. I say two things. I think the first thing is people don't realize that they have to practice their self esteem. Mm. self-esteem is something that has to be practiced daily because we don't realize the messages that we tell ourselves that we we repeat over and over again that are negative it's a lot easier for us to repeat uh, negative messages and you don't realize that you have to get up in the same way that you're like oh today's going to be bad you have to say you know what today's going to be great or i look great you know how many people know that they go and get up in the morning and the first thing they do when they put on their clothes is they start saying oh this doesn't fit or they look in the mirror and they say oh look at my skin or my hair is going and we just immediately start to critique ourselves and break ourselves down. So instead, you have to practice the opposite. And until you practice the opposite and make that a daily practice, you will always feel negative about yourself or negative about where you're going. And then secondly, if you don't know how to do that, the second thing I would say is that people don't know how to ask for help enough. We, we're in a culture where people feel isolated. Everything's on social media. You're in your own cubicle. We work from home. And it's like asking for help makes it seem like you're inefficient, you're incompetent, or like maybe you feel like you're going to be a burden to somebody. And there are so many communities and people that want to help you that if more people would ask for help while practicing their self-esteem, they would be better human beings. There you go, folks. So self-esteem in the morning. So practice it. And, and ask for help. So wake up every morning and do a self-affirmation for your, build yourself up so it doesn't come out as stress or anxiety. Yeah. yeah. And it's as simple as just not saying the negative things you say. So if, if you feel like your hair is changing, your skin is changing, your body's changing, instead of focusing on the negative, say something positive about yourself. Definitely. Say it might be changing, but I still got these pretty eyes. I still got this, these, this, this beautiful smile always turn to a positive and practice positivity. I love it. And you'll be practicing positivity uh, in a pair of high heels right? <laughs> at the yeah. 36th annual 17th Street High Heel Race at 17th Street and Church Street Northwest near DuPont Circle. I hope you can stay on your feet. And But either way, you got the football skills, the track skills. You got yeah, it. I'll be good. You'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh, we should also tell everyone, tune into Queer Eye. It's on Netflix, the latest season streaming. And also check out your national talk show on DCW 50 weekdays at 3 p.m. Hey. Karama, thank you so much. This was so much fun. So much fun, Jason. It's so great to meet you. And please tell your wife I said hello. I will do. She's right down the hall. Okay. <laughs> Take care now, brother. Have a good one. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.